Pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. How are you today? Hi, um, thanks for having me. I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> yeah, okay here, okay here. Doing all right. Um, are you still feeling the buzz from releasing a Seven Keys to the Discomfort of Being? It's been a few days, but is that buzz still there? Um, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> it's also like a lot of social media presence and it's getting a bit exhausted, I would say. The oh-so-fun part of being in a band in the modern day, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, it has only been a few days. The buzz will die down. The noise will increase. So far, how have you personally found a reaction to it? Uh, it's actually overwhelmingly positive. Um, yeah, I'm sure not everyone's going to be a fan, uh, especially like purists in the metal genres. Um, but so far, it's been really nice. People have been very, very nice. You haven't come across any of that uh, negative attitude or views yet. Well, I have I have seen some people, but mm -hmm. mostly it's like they just want pure metal in a certain way, I guess. Mm. So maybe they kind of listen to different music. So this is too much or I don't know. Doesn't okay. Cons criticism is criticism. If it's constructive, core. If it's I yeah. want this and uh, I want this, but this isn't it. That's uh, that's always odd to my ears. It's like okay, it's not for you. That's mm -hmm. fine. Go listen to something that is for you. Yeah, exactly. Like we're ready to receive uh, any constructive criticism regarding like um the record or live shows or whatever if we can learn from it and like grow as a band but if it's like taste wise i mean we all like certain kinds of music and don't like certain kinds of music so it's very individual <laughs> absolutely metal is a melting part of ideas of mm -hmm. genre bending of imaginations and creativity and that is exactly what predatory void is when it comes down to it a melting pot of creativity <laughs> talk to me then about you personally getting involved in predator void in particular what was appealing about it um well when i got uh i don't remember a message or an email from leonard um first i didn't really believe that he wanted me in the band i was like okay. someone's pulling a joke on me um, because we haven't talked in uh, many years. We've known each other for like 10 plus years. Um, and then when he sent me demos, it Im immediately like emotionally grasped me. Um, and that's something that's very uh, motivating when like writing lyrics. When you emotionally feel the music, it's like, that's it. That's like this kind of moment when it just clicks. Um, and then I didn't have any like second thoughts regarding whether I wanted to be in the band or not. Did you find yourself moving out of your comfort zone a lot? Um, and in particular pressure then to live up to an expectation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I come from like a punk and DIY background and um, yeah, standing next to people who have already already like learned 
um, I mean, ha have had their battles and have earned the respect of uh, the audience. Um, it's a bit like overwhelming sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have to be honest. Uh, and also like delivering on their level. For me, I have like an imposter syndrome and I was like, yeah, I'm not good enough. So it's never going to happen. But they kind of pushed me creatively in a way that was comfortable for me. Because um, while I was like very open to this experience, I'm also like a control freak. Okay. So I'm used to doing things a certain way when it comes to music. And they were really like, yeah, you should try this and you should try that. And I was like, but I can't. And this sounds weird. But then in the end, I'm really happy how uh, with how it turned out. Yeah. That's a lot to get past from imposter syndrome, as I said, being to control freak elements and so on. Yeah. It's all good and proper. Um, the rest of the band kind of helping and pushing you. But on a more personal internal part, how did you overcome well, use imposter syndrome, for example. How did you overcome that aspect? Uh, I haven't. <laughs> it's very simple. It's still there, and I think it's going to stay forever because I've had it, like, for a long time, all my life. When you're, like, um, doing something creatively, you get uh a lot of praise from like people around you who know you who really want to support you but then once you face some like negativity from people who are out of, outside of your like comfort zone your friend circle it's uh, very confronting and then immediately you're like oh oh i'm actually really bad i'm i can't do anything i should stop so it's like a bit <laughs> I don't know. I don't have like the insecurity in me, but it's just whether I'm doing things right is uh, whether I'm delivering and w whether I'm doing things that I should be doing. That's kind of. Uh... <laughs> I feel like the immense praise um, for the entire album for Predator Void has done so far and every aspect of it is um, certainly the highest, it's the most positive thing that come from this. It, I, you talk about negativity and the potential of people personally perhaps attacking your style or what you do and so on. But thankfully, mm -hmm. we haven't seen that today and it certainly isn't that um, prevalent uh, at this point. When it comes to a negative voice that, it, it, you know, do you, are you able to detach the personal from the professional aspect of um, a critical voice on on perhaps your vocals? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I'm not opposed to hearing critique. I'm fine mm -hmm. with it, actually. Like, I'm, I'm not going to emotionally invest into something like that. But if it has, like, some ground and if it's, um, it has a reason, I'll listen to it and I'm, I'm really fine with it. And I'm not going to take it personally. Like, they, they don't know me as a person yes. at the time. Like, <laughs> why would I? Yeah. And as we said at the start, different strokes for different folks just because it doesn't exactly. work for someone. I have, like, there is a lot of music that I don't like. And then I I know people who really love it. And then I'm like, I don't understand why. Because to me, it sounds just horrible. But <laughs> the person I know really loves it. And it gives them 
uh, like it reflects their ideals, their emotions, their struggles. So there must be something in there. And of course, there are like artists and vocalists or I don't know, uh, <laughs> anyone actually mm. that isn't your cup of tea because it isn't because we all have like different backgrounds. We have lived through many things. We have different traumas. So it's very individual and yeah, I don't see the reason to get upset about this. You're absolutely right. Art is subjective. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. You, everybody takes different things. So when all that came to you, did you feel as though you understood the vision of what Predator Void was to be? And what did that vision mean to you personally? Mm. Um, it actually formed while we were working on the record. And um, um, we just started because it was fun. <laughs> to play together Perfect. basically which i didn't think was possible at like at our age i would say um but actually yeah yeah we had so much fun together writing the record and recording and everything um and the concept kind of formed during all of this time and for me personally, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but for me personally, um, like the music really touched me. I have like a lot of sketches with lyrics lying around because I compulsively write all the time hmm. whenever I um, have like an idea, I write it down and then it can develop into like a song or something like or a text. Um and there were some lyrics that immediately just like fit what Leonard sent me, like the demos and stuff. And with some songs, we kind of tweaked it to fit. Um, but yeah, it actually revolves around like personal discomfort that is relatable to anyone. But to me like the album and the band isn't something negative it's like a philosophical acceptance of um the way things are um because you can keep on staring into the abyss but like do you want to fall into it mm. or do you want to like embrace it and try to find a way to live further kind of kind of that <laughs> i would say it's a soul search it's like a, it's a it's a the album in itself like if we take this chapter of the band it's really a soul search and and, and a journey into yourself and like reflecting the aspects of social life um onto you like it's it's a constant like dialogue with inner and outer world and how you interpret it and reflect it something like that yeah there is uh, no denying the heady and important themes and ideas that are going on here do you take for your inspiration for lyrical content do you take a lot from a personal perspective or are you able also to look into the wider world the problems the issues regarding everyone in some way um i look inwards a lot um but i feel like this is very relatable to a lot of people because i can't be the only one with like uh, this weird mm. intrusive thoughts right <laughs> basically all metal resides on this kind of philosophy yeah 
if you read the lyrics, it's all about like the inner pain um, most of the time. But of course, yeah, like it can't be only inside you. Like there are a lot of uh, things happening that influence you. You can't just uh, like embrace the darkness within without the outside influence. Um, so I feel like with me, it's I analyze uh a lot of outside influences and then i kind of write it from the personal perspective i would say is it easy to be as honest as you are on this record for example um is that something you become more comfortable with um well with the music i write i mean with the lyrics i write it's always honesty because i wouldn't be able to sing these lyrics if it wasn't like Mm. <laughs> you know i don't want to create like a landscape for a show you know i want to i want to really live through it i want to um yeah i don't i don't know i don't know how to answer this question because like i feel like it's pretty clear um for me that's like it i can only create from a place of honesty because anything else just doesn't fit it doesn't feel the same way it's not authentic enough for me it's incredible that you have that because i think and we often find we speak to other bands and artists that opening up and exposing yourself and talking about uh, internal mm -hmm. feelings and thoughts is one of the hardest things of all and it's something people might be develop over a long period of time mm -hmm. to be able to just open up that way so the hats for so for you to suggest that you can't imagine it being in any other way is well it's pretty it's it's lucky almost <laughs> yeah it's sometimes it's heavy because like in my personal life i'm also quite like that like people get scared sometimes <laughs> when i'm <laughs> like yeah you know it's not it's not going good and people don't want to hear that. And I mean, okay, you have to be uh, um, like, you have to fit in a little bit, like socially. But I feel like lyrically, if you write the music, it's coming really from deep inside of you. Why should you do something else with the lyrics? Right? Oh, yeah. So you, you have to pop your social filters in life, unfortunately, uh, but, but lyrically and when you perform mm. you mm. get to just they're, they're knocked down yeah yeah i want to i want to be honest about what i feel and what's going on and i've always been this way with uh, the lyrics that i've written because i like coming from like a diy background it's also it's always like you have to wear your heart on your sleeve and it's painful and uh you get hurt <laughs> you know when when you're really like very very open about everything but uh, i feel like vulnerability is very beautiful because it really shows who you are incredible so for you then um what was the most challenging aspects about working on the record overall from either a writing recording or even the promotion aspect mm -hmm. of it um when we were writing, there was one song that I just couldn't write the lyrics to. Um, because first I, I wanted to write like, uh, I actually wrote like I had kind of like a stream of consciousness moment. And I wrote like lyrics about my, um, I wouldn't say favorite serial killer, but 
Okay. <laughs> okay, that, I get you. With a little bit like uh, the Zodiac. Um, and I wrote like the lyrics, and I wrote the yeah, it fit super well, and I was just so happy. But then ninety nine percent of the album was ready, and we sat down, and they were like, yeah, you know what? These don't really fit the whole atmosphere. It's like you're talking about a personal uh, experience and the feelings and everything is so like thin and vulnerable and very sensitive. And then this is like someone else coming in. And I tried to argue that I'm like, I'm looking through his eyes and stuff like mm. that. And they were like, no, stop. <laughs> and so we really had to work a lot because I'm as a control freak. I'm like, how come don't you like what i wrote I, like i really put my heart and soul into it like accept it now and don't manage me please but of course it's like we're an organism all, all like all five of us together we have to make something that is um complete that is consistent and so i was like okay so we're gonna have to work on it and it really took a long time for me in it was very challenging to make something because it felt artificial for me that I'm like, I, I already wrote something so good. Like, why? Why are you bullying me? <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I'm really happy because they, they, they took like some snippets of the song, that, like the, the song lyrics already had. I also, I just sent them like a song dump um, that I like all the lyrics I've written in the last three years mm. and I was like yeah just look at them if you like something I can develop it into like a bigger con um, concept and they took some of them and we just like puzzled a little bit and then it became a really good song but I'm not gonna say which one because <laughs> maybe we will release like the alternative version of it with the Zodiac oh. lyrics <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm thinking okay so if you use segments of it does the overall thing exist and oh where does that where could that fit but yeah what it's a been recorded. idea yeah it's been recorded and then they were like nah we have to redo it because no incredible i think you've <laughs> but nailed I'm really it happy. There. don't get me wrong i'm really happy that it turned out like this because this song became one of my favorites ever oh. so that's Steve amazing work. <laughs> amazing amazing <laughs> um, likewise then but on the opposite side of that what was something you found over all the aspects of working on a record that you particularly enjoyed um I, I feel like just getting to know everyone <laughs> because I only knew Leonard uh, quite well then Tim recorded with me previously uh, and then Tess and Vincent, I just didn't know at all. But it really, yeah, the process was really, really nice uh, in that regards. We became friends and I really, I started feeling way more comfortable with like accepting critique, with doing something new. I delegated a lot and I was like, that's not what I do, okay? That's oh, wow. not life in general. <laughs> and that was like great to to learn that and i feel like if i fall down they will catch me you know that's amazing not only putting out say an incredible record but having fun making friends 
trust and all that along the way. You couldn't ask for a better experience, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's why I feel very strongly about it because the the whole um, behind the scenes like universe that we've created is very, very strong. And there is a lot of support, a lot of communication, a lot of respect That's that costs like a lot. Yeah, and it was quite effortless, which is like, huh? how? <laughs> so that's great. Dream. Do, you, do you think the work that you personally put into Seven Keys, this couple of being, has overall made you a better musician? And if so, in what way? Um. Yeah, I feel like it, even though, yeah, my imposter syndrome in my head is like, um, but... For me, like, I really, I took it super seriously. Uh, I was like, yeah, okay, I have to work on my vocals, like extreme vocals or my clean vocals. So I started doing a shitload of warm-ups. I started, like, uh, I went to, like, um, a voice coach to assess um, the possibilities that I have, like, vocally. Um... I just it I completely like developed a routine now that helps me to perform without like having any problems, any fatigue, any pain. I don't have to overdo and I feel quite secure in what I'm doing. So that's that's quite great. <laughs> it really is. It simply is phenomenal to hear this development, this process. And of course, as an artist, you'll always consistently and constantly grow and learn and develop new talents and new mm-hmm. ways of doing things. Yeah, that's uh, hopefully, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, (laughs) for sure. Um, Talk to me then about Predatory Void and the live environment. Now, there are a lot of countries, a lot of cities, a lot of venues to play and many hungry listeners that are still waiting to see Mm. you arrive. From your onstage perspective, how comfortable are you um, performing in Predatory Void uh, void live? Uh, I feel quite comfortable because I feel a lot of support. Just like when we're on stage, I feel like we're one, uh, I don't know, embodiment of of a band. I don't know how to say that. Um, But I do feel like we need more live shows to become like super fluent and to develop a routine. Because so far, yeah, we all play in different bands. And we can't rehearse like every single week or like even twice a week, which is sometimes necessary um but we're just trying to um do as best as we can or any chance we have um and we're trying yet to learn out of every experience that we have like after the show we do like a briefing of what went wrong what was good what we should remember for the next time and stuff like that we go back to the early days and the earliest performances. And um, I mean, there was an early clue, an early indicator there that the audience, the listeners had a hunger for what you were providing. Um, has that kind of bolstered and encouraged this desire and need to play more? Um, yeah, of course. And um, we really like playing live. Like that's, I mean, we, it was not supposed to be like a studio band. Mm. Not a project that would be put away after recording the record. No, it was meant to be a live band because like Leonard also chose everyone um, strategically 
that we would all live in a certain proximity from each right. other in order to uh, rehearse and go on tours and play shows and stuff like that. So the idea behind the band is to really, uh, after presenting the album, releasing the album, to really play as much as possible. Yeah. As much as time and uh, dates and all of that stuff would allow, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we really have to look at our schedules collectively in order to choose like periods when we can play. And then with the booker, we have to yeah decide whether there are any dates available for us to fit in in any lineup. Well, this is this is my roundabout way of trying to go, when are you coming to the UK, please? I would like to see this performed live. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea to be honest it's uh, it's all in the future but when I can't really say right now we're focusing on like mainland performances so we're gonna have like mm, five or six more shows this year mm. maybe there will be more mm, yeah so far it's um, wait it's gonna be like three festivals and Three live shows, I think. Watch this space uh, to see what comes next in that regard. Just keep a close eye on, well, the social media side of things, which we did talk about briefly at the start, exhausting. But what I wanted to ask you about that, with that modding expectation, the always online social media presence, demand mm-hmm. for you to push it out, are you getting more and more comfortable with that, uh, with that demand? I don't really know. I'm, you know, I'm trying to take it as it comes. Mm. <laughs> I'm just living day day in day out <laughs> like that. I don't know. In in it tying into that, is there a way that you found to make that side of things more fun for yourself? Um. Well, I have to manage my own account as well. Like I'm I'm a tattooer, so horse. Yeah, <laughs> so I have to invest a lot of time into like finding clients and stuff like that because this is something that pays my life. Um, yeah, with the band, we just we try to like schedule things that goes online, um, so we don't have to spend as much time like really overthinking things, and people get like consistent information, images, whatever they need to keep up with what we're doing it can be a dry bland a boring process but unfortunately it is a necessary process as you know as you said you're a tattooist you have to push your own personal brand and work out there it's Mm. it's it's just too important unfortunately yeah and it's sometimes it's frustrating because like um you understand that people aren't always online it's like it's super weird it's sometimes it feels like a gamble that you have to like grab people's attention and you do a certain thing and it works really well, but then it stops. And then you have to start from from zero actually. And you Feels don't like know, luck sometimes. Is it, me? is it you? Is it just the world? What is it? <laughs> it is that ever-changing and if you're an algorithm, unfortunately. Um no one has the perfect answer. If anybody does, well, they will surely make a lot of money. Yeah. Good for them. Lena, last one for you. And it's simply this. What is a realistic goal that you would like to achieve with Predatory Void before this year, 2023, is over? 
Oh, yeah, I would like to play as many live shows as possible. That's our oh, common that's goal, actually. And yeah, that's that's the most fun. And maybe it's not like a super high, super huge goal, but I would really love to develop a, a good routine on stage, a good presence that people enjoy seeing us live. Um, yeah. Everyone's content. <laughs> uh, which is fantastic here. Yeah, but, you know, we both know it's not, it is actually a uh, challenge these days, whether it be the cost alone of touring to mm. getting people to come out following years of COVID issues and ongoing problems we still have yeah. now. It's so that, that being a goal is, it's fantastic to hear. It's, it's what we all want. We're going to try our best to uh, play as much as we can. And I feel like we're going to, uh, like next year we're gonna try to uh, work on it better in just like developing the dates and and contacting promoters uh, beforehand way beforehand in order to have like maybe a consistent tour mm. uh, yeah we'll see I can't promise anything I'm not gonna say it it's just a fantasy okay just like putting it out there <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it would be great to just have like a consistent tour because it's a lot of fun. We went to uh, Tilburg uh, to play Roadburn and I feel like uh, us together in the, in the van, it's going to be, it's going to be grand, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Oh, fingers crossed that it all works out there. But for now, folks, uh, you can listen to Seven Keys to Discomfort being it's well as time recording it's been out literally five days it is a wonderful fantastic unique slice of music Lena thank you so much for taking the time to do this I really appreciate it thank you for the kind words thank you so much for having me it was fun <laughs> thank you very much for watching if you liked what you saw please help us out by giving us a thumbs up and hitting that subscribe button if you really liked what you saw Consider donating to keep the website and channel running by buying us a coffee via our coffee page or picking up some merch from our big cartel store. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as via our social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. As well as listen to our interviews via SoundCloud, Apple Music and Spotify. Just search for GBHBL. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for? <laughs>